You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number seven of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey, and if you're listening to this, we are in a new moon and solar eclipse time. So I am bringing you this episode um, in the emotional watery vibes of cancer season and eclipse season. So I hope you guys are surfing those waves and feeling into this water element this season. We're going to start the podcast today with a question from a listener. And I'm actually answering a question about tarot and how I use it. So rather than um, a personal question where I'm going to pull a tarot spread and answer the question through a reading, um, I have a question today that's more about how I use tarot and what is the best way to get started and um, exploring the practice. So if you guys have any questions related to what I do and how I do it, and how it can help you. I am here to answer all of those for you. So you don't have to write in a personal question or ask for a reading. I really created this podcast as just a way to connect and engage with you guys. And um, I'm here to to serve you in whatever way you like. So I would love for you to be part of that process of creating this podcast so that it can um, be the best that it can be. So If you want to write in about moon cycles or tarot or Reiki or yoga or meditation or any of that, um, feel free. Okay, so I am going to answer a question today from Grant. He's here on planet Earth and uh, he, he wrote in, where should I start if I'm a beginner with tarot cards? I love how ancient and powerful the cards feel, but I am overwhelmed knowing where to start to deepen my knowledge and understanding. My intention with tarot would be to use the cards to bring focus to areas in my life that I need to work on. Compassion, patience, and self-love. And then the second part of this question asks, can tarot cards help me with mental health? I have severe anxiety and would like to explore non-medication solutions. Okay, so I'm going to break this question down and start from the beginning. And the first question Grant asked is, where should I start if I'm a beginner with tarot cards? This is a great question. And, you know, it's overwhelming. These cards, there's 78 cards in the deck. They have different meanings depending on which deck you're using. Uh, You can read them upright. You can read them reverse. There's lots of spreads. Um, The cards relate to each other in different ways. Cards strengthen each other, oppose each other. There's literally thousands of different ways that you can read cards, right? It's a very personal practice. And for me, in my specific experience, I did a little bit of learning through courses and um, from a mentor. And I did a lot of exploration on my own with reading books and buying different decks. And I would say probably the most powerful thing to do when you're learning the tarot is to use the deck and connect to the deck and practice strengthening your intuition when it comes to the deck. 
And that over time, your relationship with the deck strengthens, your intuition strengthens, and it becomes truly a practice. So Grant, the first thing that I would suggest if you're going to start reading tarot is to find a deck that you connect with. Um, And if you'd like, take a course. I have a cheap, I think it's $33 or $44 intro to tarot digital course on my website, and it's a great way to begin. Uh, You don't even have to have a deck. I actually teach you how to find a deck in that course. Um, And it's for people who are total beginners, have never picked up a deck before, um, or people who are kind of playing with tarot but want to deepen their practice. There are so many elements and ways that you can tie in to working with the tarot. You can, I, I look at the tarot through the lens of the chakra system, elemental wisdom, connecting with the elements. Um, lots of decks have a connection with astrology. Um, and, you know, there's a difference between tarot decks and oracle decks. Tarot is very specific. There's the minor arcana and the major arcana. Um, there's 78 cards, so it has to be under this specific framework. Um, so I would look into some course offerings. Like I said, I have an intro to tarot course, but there's lots of other courses I'm sure out there on the interwebs. Um, if you look under some like tarot hashtags on Instagram, I'm sure you'll find, uh, many amazing readers. And then I would go ahead and look for some decks that you connect with. I think this is really important because with the tarot, you're looking at the imagery and you should have a direct connection to it, right? So the Rider Waite is the deck that I use to teach. And I teach intro to tarot courses. I teach tarot 101 and 102 courses. And I use this because it's one of the oldest decks. It has very traditional symbolism in it. And the imagery in it is very... Um, succinct and detailed. And when you start to look at decks that are all based off of this kind of OG deck, you'll see different interpretations of these symbols. Um, And some of them are quite esoteric and some of them are quite detailed. Um, But I do believe that the writer weight is a little bit old school in its imagery. It's kind of religious looking. Um, It's not very um, open with gender and diversity. So there's some limitations with it. But if you just take it for what it is as um, a learning tool, it can be very useful because the scenes on each card give you a lot of information, right? And then you can find a deck that you really connect with. So I use the writer weight to teach and I use the writer weight while I was learning, but I actually read with another deck called the Wild Unknown, which is much more esoteric. There actually aren't any people on the cards at all. It's all animals and nature. And I really, really connect with that deck. So explore. Some of my favorite resources for looking at decks are actually um, like places like Etsy, because if you go into the big bookstores and Amazon, you're going to see um, a, a more limited offering. Uh, my tarot mentor, 
Bacara has a store called Everyday Magic with an online shop so you can peruse decks there and just see what you really connect to, okay? Now, I would also recommend getting some books. Every deck that you buy is going to have a guidebook that comes with it. This is going to be the author's interpretation of that deck. But I do find it useful to use a resource that's not connected to one specific deck and limited to one person's specific viewpoint. Um, and I'll link a few of my favorite books in the show notes. Um, Tara Wisdom is one of my favorites, and it actually has detailed explanation of the cards. She uses about five or six of the more ancient decks to reference from. And then she has questions and readings at the end of the explanation of each card. So this is another book that I use um, when I'm teaching tarot in my mentorship and in my courses. Excuse me. So you have your courses and you have your books, right? You have your deck. And then One of the things that I teach in my Intro to Tarot course is to just start by pulling a card for yourself every day and see what comes up. I like to pull my tarot cards in the evening so that I can reflect upon what happens each day and how the card that I'm looking at relates to that. So a lot of people pull tarot cards in the morning. I don't like pulling cards in the morning because then you're kind of seeking and looking for the meaning of that card or you might even be projecting the meaning on that card throughout your day, right? Instead of just being present. So my advice to anyone who's learning tarot is to pull a card at the end of each day. Take a few minutes, sit with that card, maybe meditate on the image and then even do some journaling around it. And then after you take a few moments to do that, then go ahead and look up the meaning in the guidebook or in your book that you have to get a deeper um, explanation of it. And, And I offer that because we don't really need necessarily to look at the book every single time. You wanna get to a point where you're using and trusting your intuition with the deck. I once had a friend uh, when I was new to reading tarot and um, I gave him a reading and he, uh, he asked me if I would pull the spread again to see if the same cards came up. And I said, no, I don't do that. I trust what came out and I trust that the information that you received is what you needed. But if you want more, why don't you go ahead and read a spread for me? He had never picked up a tarot deck. He'd never seen one in his life. And he shuffled the cards and threw down a spread and gave me a reading. And it was pretty fucking amazing, right? And he didn't have a guidebook. He didn't have anything. He just looked at the cards and read what he saw. And it was really great. So we do have the power to do that. Um, But obviously, uh, we want to learn too. We want to learn too. And that's why you can use your courses and your um, books and things like that to expand your knowledge. And, you know, being present and, and using your intuition is a huge part of reading tarot for me because I want to use tarot as a way to connect with myself, not as just a way to use an external resource to tell me what to do. 
So it's a fine line between that, you guys. Um, I think often we look for external resources to solve our problems when really we can just sit inward and kind of look within. Um, And so in the beginning, you will be using external resources a lot. And as you deepen your practice and your understanding, you will get better at just intuiting the cards naturally. Uh, One thing that I think is really, really helpful for learning tarot and learning how to connect to it in that way is deepening your meditation practice or your practice of sacred silence and strengthening your intuition by learning how to connect inward with your body. Um, I think that having not only a meditation practice, but a mindful movement or somatic practice can be really, really great. Um, Just learning to look inward and feel your feelings and process them, right? Um, Now, Grant mentioned that he wants to use the cards to focus on areas in in his life that he wants to work on, compassion, patience, and self-love. That's amazing. I think we should all be working on those areas, right? Compassion, patience, and self-love. There's so, so many cards in the deck that represent these themes and, and also the things that keep us from that. And so you can really use tarot as a tool for clarity, for perspective, and for deepening your understanding of yourself, right? And for deepening your understanding of how you communicate and react to the world around you. And the thing that I love most about the tarot, and I've been doing this spiritual practice for a long time, and yoga was really my introduction into it all, yoga and um, Buddhism. And the one thing that I felt was missing from the yoga practice was uh, an understanding and a teaching of the harder aspects of life. And there was a lot of, you know, inhale peace and exhale love and (laughs) gratitude. And that's great. And I'm all about it. But it's it's not always light and love, you guys. And and tarot is a beautiful way to express the light and the dark. It shows us our light and our shadow. It shows us the beauty and it shows us the darkness. And and that's really why I love uh, this practice is because it's said that within these 78 cards is the entire human experience. The good, the ugly, the beautiful, the messy, all of it, right? And so uh, tarot to me was kind of what I had been seeking. It was, it was this beautiful representation of the way that life can be so expansive and the way that we contract, Okay. And I do truly believe that the symbolism, like Grant said, um, the symbolism represents this ancient wisdom that we all have. It's passed down to us from our ancestors, you guys. And even if you've never seen some of these symbols, right, even if you don't even know what a pentacle is, when you look at this card and you really tune into them, some part of you will recognize this from some place that you're not even sure. It doesn't matter, right? But you can trust that that wisdom is there for you. And that is just a practice. And it's easy to feel overwhelmed in the beginning, but just step by step, day by day, 
you create that relationship. And I really do like to think of me and the tarot as having a relationship with each other, right? Um, and it, and the cards are just a reflection of my internal circumstances. And so therefore, I am really, in my essence, having a relationship with myself, right? And when I read tarot as a professional for others, uh, that is the way that I view the reading as a reflection of their internal world at that moment, right? And I am just there to present as a mirror and reflect back to them maybe the things that they're not seeing, okay? So I hope that that helps, Grant. I'll link um, some courses and some books in the show notes and um, also some places where you can find some really beautiful and amazing eclectic decks by um, all kinds of artists. And that's the thing, you guys, you can find a tarot deck for whatever you're into. Nature, fairies, dolphins, animals. I mean, it's all out there for you. Um, You just need to kind of open up and look around. And I always say, just go with what you're attracted to. Same with crystals, right? If you are feeling drawn to it, if you see it and you think it's gorgeous, get it. You connect with it. Now, the second part of this question is, can tarot cards help with mental health? I have severe anxiety and would like to explore non-medication solutions. Okay. So yes, tarot cards help me um, with my mental health. As someone who has suffered from anxiety in probably since I was a teenager and for my whole life, I have had different levels of anxiety. Um, And tarot is one of the tools that I use for my, not just my mental health, my spiritual health, my emotional health. Um, I feel like I have to say here that I am not a medical doctor. Um, I'm not a therapist. Um, I am a spiritual guide and mentor. But many of my clients come to me with anxieties, and I believe that there are many, many different ways to treat them. I believe that anxiety is a very broad spectrum, like anything else, and it's not, and there is not a one-size-fits-all solution or answer to it, right? We can have kind of a low-level anxiety throughout our day just because we have the stresses of everyday life because we're not taking enough time for rest and nervous system replenishment. Um, Or we can have deep-seated anxiety that is caused by some type of trauma. Okay. Um, I have suffered from deep anxiety and panic disorder in the past. And I was medicated at a young age. And then I used my spiritual practice to deepen my connection to myself and kind of try to get to the root of some of that anxiety. And, but you guys, it's, it's a journey and it's a path. And even after 10, 20 years of not using medication, I had a breakdown slash spiritual breakthrough just, uh, four or five months ago. And I started having panic attacks again for about a month. And I went to the doctor and, and got some medication. Um, and, and it passed, but I was also on the verge of overcoming some and healing some really deep wounds from childhood. And that's the thing is that anxiety can be triggered when we're doing our, our spiritual work and our growth because we're asking ourselves and our ego to push past some really old beliefs 
right? So there's so, so many ways that we can approach working with our mental health. And I have lots of tools for this, right? I have a daily meditation practice. I think movement is super important. I think a yin style practice and restorative practice is really important for me uh, to make sure that my nervous system stays balanced. Um, I use herbs, I use supplements, I have an evening routine that includes some Ayurvedic practices like um, Abhyanga. I have lots and lots of tools in my toolbox. And so I'm just telling you this because I'm going to talk about tarot and anxiety, but I'm telling you this because I want you to know that um, it's not the only tool I use. It's just one of many. And that... um, I don't think there's any right or wrong ways to work with our mental health. I think we all need different things at different times for different reasons. And yeah. So here's the way that I use the tarot with my mental health. I use it as a way to step outside and beyond the ego. I think at the root of anxiety for me and for many people is a feeling of fear and not being safe. And it's when we kind of get locked into an idea of there's not enough of some kind of scarcity um, or even of our own safety. And when anxiety is severe and we're kind of working with that or panic, um, it doesn't matter what the logical mind says. The body is in stress response and and the body is in a fight, flight, or freeze situation. And so the hormones being produced in our body are um, telling us uh, that we are unsafe. And so that's why I think that there are many, many different tools that we can use. But with the tarot, it's a way to see beyond that situation and that story. There's a story that we're telling ourselves that we're not going to be safe, that we're not going to have enough. There's a physical feeling of that. And often when we get locked into that, we, we freeze. We freeze in the apex of that story and we don't finish it out. And so what the tarot does is it can show you the beliefs and the patterns that lie underneath that story and help you to uproot them slowly, okay? So this isn't something where you're like, oh, I'm feeling really anxious. I'm just going to pull a tarot card and it'll all be okay. This is going to take, just like meditation, right? It's going to take months or years of practice, but it's a way for us to start seeing our situation from a different perspective, when we start to unlock from the storylines that we have been probably repeating for our entire lives, it helps us to see beyond our current situation and step out of the fear-based conscious ego place that we're in and into a place of observation, right? And it takes time. When you first start pulling tarot, you're going to be reading through your ego. You're going to be reading through your intellect and your logic. And you're going to be trying to like figure it out. And 
And like anything else, it takes time to learn how to separate from that and um, not read from a fear-based place, but read from a place of full trust, you know, because there's those scary cards and we will get scared of them in the beginning. But over time, Grant, yes, I do believe that tarot can be used to help with mental health, with anxiety, and just to help deepen our relationship to ourselves on an emotional, spiritual, physical level, right? We all need that kind of different perspective, just like the way that a therapist can view our situation from um, a non-biased standpoint. That's kind of like what the cards can do for us as they can help us step outside. And I also recommend Grant, um, if you've never had a tarot reading, um, get one, (laughs) right? So if you've never experienced the wisdom of the cards and how the excuse me, and how they can be delivered to you, I would recommend um, finding a reader and getting a reading and really seeing how it lands with you and and looking at the cards and seeing that experience and and just noticing what comes up. Um, Many of my clients tell me afterwards that the the tarot reading was like having many, many therapy sessions because it just, it really hits on all the points that they've been working on for a long time. And when you get a tarot reading, it's not like everything gets solved in that one day. Um, but you notice over time, I just, I just saw a client the other day who said they, they were looking back at their reading from, uh, about six or nine months ago. And that how, some of the things that we spoke about are just now starting to make sense and fall into place, right? So um, anyway, I hope that this helps. I've kind of gone on a few tangents, Um, but I hope that this helps and I answered your questions, Grant. And um, again, I'll link all those resources for you guys in the show notes. And please feel free to reach out to me with any additional questions that you have regarding tarot or any of the work that I do. All right, stay tuned, and I'm going to give you a tarot forecast for this crazy eclipse season that we have coming up. Thanks, guys. Okay, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the second portion of the show. Again, this is Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey. And this podcast, I'm going to try to stick to coming out every new moon and every full moon. So that'll be twice a month. And if you're listening to this today or within a few days of being published, we are having a new moon and total solar eclipse in Cancer. So eclipses happen in twos. There's a solar eclipse and then a lunar eclipse. One happens at the new moon and one happens at the full moon. And this year, eclipse season is happening now in July. So eclipses tend to speed up and intensify the energy that is coming through. So this year, we're at 
a solar eclipse in Cancer, and Cancer is themed around a lot of deep emotional work, our sense of family, our sense of home, and um, I see a lot of kind of emotional maturity, boundary setting, um, inner child healing kind of coming through around this time in my personal life, but also in my clients, right? And so my goal with these forecasts, you guys, is to just give you a reading that's going to help the collective uh, be informed with what kind of themes and ideas and shifts that you can make at this time, um, where you might change your perspective, where you might be able to let some stuff go, and just in general to help you to kind of feel into what's going on in the stars, right? And when we're kind of aligned and aware of what's going on in the collective, it can better help us to stay in tune with um, what we're doing in our own lives and how to kind of relate that to the world around us, right? So before I jump right into the cards, I'm just going to give you guys a couple announcements. Um, July 2nd, which is Tuesday, is my new moon ceremony. Uh, it's going to be here in East Nashville. So if you'd like to join us, if you're in Nashville or around the area, uh, it'll be at 6.30 p.m., and these ceremonies are healing ceremonies, so we set our intentions. I guide you guys through some breath work, some meditation. I offer you guys Reiki healing and some wisdom, uh, personalized wisdom, through the lens of the tarot. So it there's a lot that happens. It's about an hour and a half long, and um, it can also just help you to get clear on how you want to move into this cycle, and especially for this one, um, because these eclipses... Like I said, they tend to intensify things, uh, and you might be feeling that already. We also have a Mercury retrograde that is coming up starting on the 7th, so that's going to be coming through at the end of this week. Um, and Mercury retrograde, everyone freaks out about it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, there's like five planets in retrograde right now, but um, or at any given time, really, but Mercury really gets to be the one that's highlighted. And a retrograde is when a planet moves backwards. And so um, things related to Mercury, which is communication, can tend to stop or slow down. This can affect our technology. It could also affect just the way that we communicate with others. Messages aren't coming through as clear. We feel misunderstood. We feel not seen. We feel not heard or vice versa, right, on the other end. So um, it's just a time to move a little bit slower. Lower. I think we get mostly so frustrated during Mercury Retro because uh, we just exist in a society that's all about productivity and moving forward, right? And so it can be hard to kind of uh, reflect, rewind, uh, rest, rejuvenate, all the things that start with RE. But that's really what, what's being called for during a retrograde, right? Stop, slow down, review, rest, reflect. Okay, you guys, I'll talk a little bit more about that next time because um, we'll be kind of in the thick of it then. But uh, one more announcement. Uh, starting this month, in a few weeks, I'm going to launch my Finding Your Purpose course. Uh, the launch date is July 16th, so enrollment for that is open. This is a three-week live digital course, so you can take it from anywhere. And it's really about equipping you with the tools that you need to help you find your purpose, to help you find clarity, to help you move forward. Um, purpose isn't always related to our work. It's not always related to money. I think we 
we, we come to this lifetime and there are many things that we are meant to do here. And my goal is to give you the tools to help you align with what that is and to feel like when you're off track, and to help you get back on track, or to feel when you're lost, confused, stuck, any of that, um, just to help you cultivate the tools that will help you have the trust and the faith that you're meant to be where you are. Um, so again, that starts July 16th. You can sign up on my website. I have one mentorship available and open right now. So if you'd like to work with me one-on-one and learn about tarot, Reiki, moon cycles, yoga, breath work, all of that stuff and more, um, there's more info on that on my website. I have one spot open for July. There's an application on my website. Um, and this is really a deep dive, really a deep dive into the mystical and just into the feminine intuitive practices. So if that's something that's really been calling you, let me know. Shoot me an email if you have any questions. All right, you guys, uh, I am going to offer a Reiki level two in August here in Nashville. So if you have a Reiki level one certification and you want to deepen that practice, level two teaches you distance healing and how to use the symbols. Uh, it's a big upgrade in the, the Reiki healing practice. So if you're interested in that, again, it's up on my website, but please shoot me an email if you have any questions. Follow me on Instagram. Instagram. I'm always announcing all of my stuff on there. And uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think if you have questions, all of that. Okay, so let's get into the cards. The first card that I pulled for us is the Three of Swords Reversed. Now, the Three of Swords Reversed is about our mentality and how we can sometimes create grief and worry because of our mind. Sometimes this card is associated with a feeling of guilt or resentment or some type of grief, but it's not the grief that's from true loss in the heart chakra. It's grief created by us with unnecessary worry and anxiety and feeding into storylines. And here's the thing, it's reversed. So this new moon an eclipse is really an opportunity for us to identify where we are causing our own pain, where we are causing our own grief, right? They say something like worrying is like a prayer for something bad, right? So where can we turn it around and create positive affirmations out of our negative thoughts? This is going to be a great week to identify what those negative thoughts are and decide if we're going to let them run the show. We always have a choice. Brene Brown says you can let your fear drive the car or you can put it in the back seat, right? It's always important to listen to our fear. It keeps us safe, right? Our worry, all of these things, there's to a certain extent can be good for us, but they shouldn't run our life. They shouldn't run the show. They shouldn't be driving the car. So we can identify them. We can say, thank you, hear you, but I'm going to choose this way. Okay. So my favorite way to do this is through meditation, separating myself from my thoughts and then positive affirmations. If there are any guilts, resentments, a forgiveness practice could be really good for this one too, because the next card that I pulled is the five of cups. And this is a card about emotional grief, the grief of the heart chakra. Okay. And then after that, I pulled the five of swords. So two fives, 
fives are about conflict, emotional conflict, mental conflict, superficial conflict, all of this conflict that happens. And in this case, it's in the mind. Sometimes with this five, there's a decision that needs to be made. And I'm also seeing justice here in the page of swords reversed. There's a lot of swords energy in this reading. Swords are all about the ego and the mind. This week is going to be an opportunity to not only witness where our thoughts are creating our own grief, but it's asking us to feel that grief and what is really underneath it. What thoughts, what patterns and beliefs that you hold are creating this grief for you? Where are you telling yourself that you are not enough? Where are you not good enough? Where are you shaming yourself? Where are you blaming yourself? Maybe it's for something that has to do with your work. Maybe it's for the way that you're behaving in a certain relationship or as a parent. Maybe it's for an addictive behavior. This week, it's time to really get into what these not good enough qualities are so that we can identify them and start to shift out of them. You're not going to do this in the mind. We're just not. The mind allows us to do many, many things, but what it doesn't help us to do is feel our feelings. What it does help us to do is create some bullshit storyline around them. So like, let's say you're feeling depressed. Your mind might say to you, oh, you're depressed. You're always depressed. You're a terrible person because you can't even create a positive attitude for yourself. Why do you always have to be this way? What's wrong with me? And then you might even go down a line of like, well, what do I, what am I going to do to fix this? How am I going to fix this? And then you'll try. And then if you don't feel perfect, you'll start to shame and blame yourself for not doing it right. And so the cycle continues. This is how the mind can work against us, you guys. There's many ways in which the mind can work for us, but this reading today is the ways in which it can work against us. Problem solving and logic and analytics are great when it comes to business. They're not great when it comes to our emotional world. You can't logic your way out of feeling something. You've got to do only the thing that you can do, which is tune into your body, your breath, and notice how you feel. And then let yourself feel it without blame. Let yourself feel it without shame. Don't label it as bad or wrong because at the heart of all of our hearts, we are not bad or wrong. There's no such thing as good or bad. We're just people and feelings are just feelings and they come and they go. And thoughts are just thoughts and they come and they go. The trouble happens when we over-identify it and we think that we are our feelings or we think that we are our thoughts. And then we start to create a story around it. But what would it be just to hold yourself in full loving acceptance of what is and then see how you feel after that? What would it be like to forgive any of those feelings that you don't like? What would it be like to let yourself have your anger to fully feel it and then love yourself through it anyway, instead of creating a story about how you're bad for being angry or you're bad for being resentful. It's a big, big calling for us this week, you guys, to be as accepting, generous, kind, and compassionate with ourselves as we can. There might be a feeling of needing to label things as bad or good, or right, or wrong. 
There might be a tendency towards black and white thinking. You have to make a decision. It has to be this way or that way. I want to encourage you to see the gray, the many, many shades of gray that exist between black and white. I want to encourage you when you want to label yourself to step back and just witness how you feel instead. When you feel like you want to label someone else, they should be doing this, they shouldn't be doing that, to step back and again, look at how you're feeling underneath that label, right? Okay, the last card that I pulled is the tower. And the tower is a big ass card, you guys. It is about just chaos and upheaval and really burning down old structure old structures that don't serve us anymore. So within all of this, we really do have the opportunity to let all of these patterns, all of these ways of doing things, all of this letting the fear drive the car, we have the opportunity to let it go. The tower burns and it burns pretty fiercely in a kind of let go or be dragged kind of way. So whatever's not working is going to get torn down. You can either light the match and let that mofo burn, or you can resist it. Thing with the tower is it doesn't really matter. It's going to burn either way. So you can go kicking and screaming, or you can like really just like kick back and enjoy the ride. It might feel a little chaotic. It might bring up some shit. You're going to be triggered. Just breathe, go with the flow, And let your mantra be, let it burn, all right? Because out on the other side of the tower exists so much opportunity for healing. Okay, you guys? So let it burn. Let it go. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it feels a bit chaotic, just see where you want to build and what you want to build on the other side of releasing. And when we're releasing... You know, it's, it's not always comfortable. And sometimes we actually have to grieve a little bit what we're letting go of, even if it wasn't something that's good for us. It was probably something that kept us safe at one time. So don't uh, judge yourself along the process. Spiritual growth is not easy. Spiritual growth is often uncomfortable. Um, but it can also be really, really amazing if we just allow ourselves to feel through it. Rumi says the cure for the pain it's a pain. You got to feel it to heal it. And once you let it in, you let it come, you let it go and you know, and you trust that it'll pass. All right, you guys. So I hope that this helps and let me know if you have any questions, shoot me a DM on the gram, shoot me an email. Um, and as always, I would really love and appreciate your support and your feedback. Um, you could give this a five-star review or a five-star rating. You could write a review. Um, you can make a donation to the podcast since it's a free offering through anchor and, um, you could just share with your friends. That's always one of the best ways to get this podcast out there and you can fill out the form on my website, uh, hollydramey.com. You just go to the podcast page and there's a form where you can type in a question that you would like me to answer through the lens of the tarot. 
And like I said last week, if you don't want a personal reading, but you would like me to just talk more about what I do, or if you have any questions about tarot or Reiki or the moon cycles or any of that, go ahead and write that in too, you guys. I'd love to um, offer you whatever you want to know. So new moon blessings. Hopefully I will see you soon. Have a great week, you guys. Take care. I'm not going to